0: Welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. I'm your host, Julie Revelant, and I'm a journalist, healthcare copywriter, and a mom of two. In every episode, we talk about the challenges around feeding kids and give you practical and realistic solutions that will inspire and empower you to raise healthy eaters. Hi, friends. Welcome to season five of the podcast. I launched this podcast this time last year, and I cannot believe how many amazing guests we've had on the show. It's been a real privilege to bring you stories that really matter to you and have an impact on how you feed your family and raise your kids. So maybe you're still working on your New Year's resolutions and trying to eat healthier, but with inflation and the high cost of food, it hasn't been easy. So on today's episode, I sat down with Aaron Chase, founder of $5dinners.com.
1: Now is the season to hunker down, learn that new cooking skill, learn that new cooking hack, and not spend that extra
0: money on those things. Erin lets us in on the sneaky ways that you can spend too much money at the grocery store, her favorite budget-friendly foods, and where to shop to get the best deals. She also talks about meal planning, apps, and how to eat healthy on a budget. There's a ton of practical advice you can start using today, and I know you're going to love this interview with Erin Chase. Well, Erin, welcome to Food Issues. Thanks, Julie, for having me on. Yeah, you know, I, I've i been following you for quite a while, and I actually got, we got to connect for a story for First for Women um, about how you make money uh, with your business. So I'm excited to have you on, and I love all the content that you post on social media. So why don't we jump right in, and let's talk about your story.
1: Yeah, so back in the summer of 2008, we were in a slightly different economic climate than we find ourselves in now. But. Both in both cases, feeling the pinch at the grocery store. Um, And back then it was kind of at the beginning of the recession of 2008. And we needed to do something to cut back. And we were, you know, my husband was working, he was a teacher at that time. I, I was not bringing in an income, I was mom to my babies and I needed to do something quickly. And I decided that the food line item of our budget was the easiest one to tackle. So I just set out with, you know, strategic meal planning, strategic grocery shopping. You know, I wasn't doing like the just wander through the store and grab a few ingredients that I thought we might need that week. Um, A little bit of couponing that was uh, definitely in the mix at that time. And it managed to cut our grocery bill in half and started sharing what I was doing, what I was cooking, kind of the mix and match of ingredients and just simple meals on the $5 dinners website. And it has taken off and we are still going strong 13 years later.
0: That is amazing. And so food prices, like we said, are, are really at an all-time high. There was a recent study done, and it showed that they're up 6.4% over the past year. So that is just incredible. And, you know, I, I mean, I know myself, I feel the pinch, you know, <laughs> at the grocery store. And, and so why are the prices so high, and, and should we expect that, they keep, that they'll keep increasing? I think the
1: prices are high. There's there's actually several factors involved here that are that are kind of macroeconomics as well as microeconomics, and they're really they're they're not really anything we can control. There's nothing that we can control about the food prices going up. We just kind of have to grin and bear it and wait it out. You know, it's a combination of coming out of the pandemic. It's a combination of the money flow that was kind of i want to say backwards during the pandemic where the, you know the government was giving aid and giving aid and giving aid and then that just sort of like pulled on the economy and then the supply chain issues and all the boats sitting in the 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 ports and it just it, it's really just a, a cluster and so it's all come to head and you know hopefully we're going to see some relief i did see this week some news about the fed increasing Um, interest rates more this year than the original three to four times. Um, I've seen it maybe now up to seven. So that could bring us some relief. But I am expecting in the short term, the next three to six months that we will not see any relief. We've got to wait for all this stuff to kind of level out. It's just going to be a matter of waiting and doing what we can to counterbalance the, the increases that we're seeing. Maybe it's stopping to buy certain things that we maybe don't necessarily need. So maybe some of our comfort foods, although we kind of do need those these days. I know, I know. But like looking at it, really taking a hard look at what are the things that you're buying and also when you're buying them, I think is also really important because we are still seeing good sales on different ingredients in different categories across the store. So really it's time to just get hyper-focused and pay super close attention as we ride right through this and then ride it out.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. And so let's talk about grocery shopping. So there are kind of tips and tricks around saving money at the grocery store. So what are some surprising ways that you can unintentionally spend extra money?
1: So convenience, anything that's convenience food, whether it's prepared meals, um, those kind of individualized portions where you get a little protein, a little veggie, a little starch or something like that, um, pre-cut fruit and vegetables like the fruit trays, just buy two pineapples and cut them up. So the 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 flip of that is well that takes longer, right? So anything that's convenience whether it's the drive-through or, you know, the pre-cut fruit or shredded rotisserie chicken that they've already pulled apart for you. The that what you're paying for is the time to do that particular thing. Is it easy to cut a pineapple? Yes. Is it easy to pull chicken off of a rotisserie chicken? or a whole chicken that you cook in your slow cooker? Yes, Um, my answer is yes, that's not the case for everybody, but can you learn those things? 100%, I can teach you all of those things, right? (laughs) And so I think that people pay more for convenience for two reasons, they wanna save time or they don't know how to do it. Well, now is the season to hunker down, learn that new cooking skill, learn that new cooking hack and not spend that extra money on those things. Because if you can pull back even five to $10 a week on maybe some of those convenience type things, then you, that might even balance out that four, six and a half, seven and a half percent inflation increase that we're seeing. So that's, that's what I mean by counter, counter, counteracting that essentially is what can we do to not spend that extra money? Maybe you need to give up your sparkling water habit, or maybe you need to switch to making coffee at home instead of buzzing through your favorite coffee stand. I love to support the local cute little coffee places around here, but right now I'm making coffee at home.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be this long drawn out process. So even beans are so easy to literally open a can, throw it in a pot, but you can even save more money by buying dried beans and soaking them all day as you're working from home, right? It's, it can be really easy.
1: hundred percent. Yeah. We actually just did a whole big rice and beans deal on, on, on the $5 dinner social media at the beginning of January, kind of kicking off this new year as a way to help you fight inflation. Dry beans, it's half the cost of canned beans. But again, convenience, time, do you know what you're doing? And so I'm happy to help teach you all of those things to help you because really when it comes to your food dollars, here's the thing about food dollars. I always like to sneak this in, so I'll sneak it in now. The thing about food is we have to eat every day. And so we have to be in interacting and engaging and spending money on food every single day, whether that's going through the drive-thru, calling for takeout, you know, grocery shopping grocery shopping daily, like whatever, however your food picture looks, we have to eat every single day. And it's so easy to fall into this, like, I'll just grab this thing, I'll just get this thing. I'll just get because we have to eat, because we get hangry, because, you know, the kids have their nutritional needs, like all these things, right? There's a lot of pressure when it comes to our food dollars. But we can with intention, you know, really dig in and make sure that we are making smart choices that that ultimately add up over time. We don't think about our food spending um, on the whole. We think about like, I just need to get this today. And so we don't track this all together. And by the time we get to the end of the month, we're like, we spent $1,800 on food this month. What is happening? Yeah, no, well, that's a really budget, good point. Yeah. It's <laughs> because we 1200 not It's because we don't track that spending and we don't look at the long-term. But if you can take the mindset of every dollar counts, with your food spending, I can go it, for, it's $52 for my family of six to go through Chick-fil-A right now. Okay. wow. So I can feed my family at home, a rice and beans meal for sure. Under $5. You know, if I've got some chicken or something like that, we're looking at more about $8. I mean, if I do that twice the week eating at home versus maybe an $8 dinner or $5 dinner, I mean, that's a hundred bucks yeah, almost for just this week. So it's, it really does. We have to take that like every dollar counts and a slightly longer term look at our food spending to help us make these smarter intentional choices in the moment
0: and and so also when you're growing when you're grocery shopping there's some higher priced items we know fruits vegetables meat and then we also have to make choices about organic conventional non-gmo all of it right so how can we eat healthy and still save money?
1: Oh one of my favorite questions. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if you want to eat organic, you've got to look at the warehouse stores depending on which, which region of the country that you're in. So I have a Costco nearest to me and they have the best organic prices across all the food categories. So from frozen to, to meats to fruits, like the best hands down, like come at me, argue with me. They're the best. <laughs> so if that's a priority for you, then it would be worth getting a membership to the warehouse store. And, you know, if you have one of the other ones, BJ's or Sam's, go ahead and just like, check, like, go ask to walk the store and look at the prices um, and do a comparison. Because if you're going to eat that way, like long-term, like I said, every dollar matters. Like if you're going to eat long-term organic, then you need to be really dialed in and focused and making, you know, buying from the right place. Um, So that would be for the organic piece of that conversation. Um, as far as balancing out just other meats, fruits and veggies, it's gonna definitely be shopping the sales. So food prices have gone up, but there are definitely still sales going on. So when you see this particular cut of meat that's on sale or seafood that's on sale, get it when it's on sale, buy a couple extra packages, and then you can get it into a freezer mail, into the freezer so that you have it for later, you don't have to pay full price for meat. I always say, if you learn anything from me of all the things we chat about ever, whether it's you see it on the website or on social media or in in, in an interview like this, like never pay full price for me. Like that's hands down the fastest and easiest way to save money on groceries. And of course that's going to apply to the other categories like fruits and vegetables um, and then anything else in the store as well. Just always be focused on what's on sale and grabbing extra. If you can, you can't always freeze everything, um, but what you can. Um, go ahead and do that, so that you don't have to pay that full price when that that particular um, ingredient, especially if it's one that you like and you you eat often, is not on sale. Then you know you've gotten it for a great price. It's kind of like a double win because you get it when it's on sale, and then you have the meal ready to go in the freezer for when you need it. Um, and then then I think just too like simplifying and like balancing out your plate. Like a balanced plate needs a protein, a, a vegetable and or fruit, and a starch. So what does that look like? And so if I'm going to eat a little bit more of an expensive meat, like if we're doing a seafood or like a shrimp stir fry or something like that, then I'm going to definitely have an inexpensive starch, like rice. It's like 20 cents for me to make rice for my family. Right. Yeah. So balancing that out and like just keeping things simple. You, you know, if right now I think everybody would, would say they're in this boat, um, unless literally money's growing on trees at your house, (laughs) but like just, simplify. You don't need to be doing these elaborate three course meals with, you know, 16 bowls on the table. Like that's like once a year when Thanksgiving or maybe Christmas rolls around, like we're having a big feast, but like, just think simpler. I don't want to say think smaller. That's not the right word, but think simpler, just like protein, veggie starch and balancing that out. And then being mindful of if, you know, if you do have a higher priced you know, protein, then balance it out with a simple, steamed broccoli and rice. Like that's great, just like that.
0: Yeah, that's great. One of the things I'm always cognizant about when I'm grocery shopping is the buy one get one free or or even the sales themselves, right? You have to kind of really look at the unit price. Is that right? Can you talk to talk us through that?
1: Absolutely. So anything that's like a promotion in the store, whether it's coupons, BOGOs, buy one get one 50% off, anything like that is a it, it's a it's a marketing strategy for the store and the manufacturer of the product right so first know that um second only buy those things if you are going to consume them so i think the biggest trap that most people fall into is like oh that's such a great deal i'm gonna buy that thing well that's not an ingredient or an item that's that's a part of your regular you know kitchen cooking cycle or maybe it's like you think that you might, it, maybe it's a great deal on like facial moisturizer and it's a different brand that you usually use. And so you switch and then you don't end up using it. Well, then you just, now you have two of these cute little facial moisturizers that you spent <laughs> $7 on and you d- you never use, does that make sense? Yeah. So I think the first tale is you just understanding that it's, these are a marketing tactic by the store and the manufacturer of the product and two, go for it if you're going to use them.
0: Okay, what are your favorite budget-friendly foods?
1: Hundred percent rice and beans, absolutely, or lentils, any of those sort of like, you know, grains. Even fancy rice's are are less expensive than bread. Let's say, uh, like bakery bread. Uh, so that's number one for sure. And then second is going to be, depending on the meat sales, so I always come back to that because. There's a lot of budget-friendly meals out there when you get the ground beef on sale, when you get the pork chops on sale, when you get the beef roast, when it's $2.99 or $3.99 a pound, depending on which part of the country you're in. And so I think that there are a lot of budget-friendly foods out there. Um, But first and foremost, rice and beans. And second, whatever meat is on sale at your store this week is something that should be on your menu, something that you should be cooking this week. And of course, if you can grab a couple extra packages, and get them into your freezer that's 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 to me the most budget friendly way to you know shop and cook is sort of along along those two lines,
0: yeah, and I love using canned goods, so you know canned salmon or sardines or anchovies, they can even just add flavor and also those omega threes for your kids. Um, I think it's such a great way to kind of fill out meals without spending a lot of money totally, yeah. And do you like buying frozen fruits and vegetables? Can that help you save money?
1: I think frozen fruits and vegetables can help you save money. You know, frozen fruits are going to be, you would have to blend them into a smoothie or bake with them, uh, would be the frozen fruit side of that. Frozen vegetables are generally frozen in such a way that you can just easily have them as a side dish. And I think that frozen vegetables are a fabulous way to save money and have a convenient option for vegetables that doesn't involve like peeling and chopping. <laughs> it's just yeah. a fast way, especially now that they, a lot of them come in sort of the steamable bags. You can just throw them in the microwave or you can throw them in a pot or whatever. So I do think that frozen vegetables are a great way to ha- to save money. Um, going back to the warehouse stores, they have the larger, big, big packs of the vegetables That's they're definitely cheaper than frozen you know, frozen vegetables at the grocery store, whether they're organic or traditional or conventional. And so I think they're a great way to save money, but also to have just a quick, easy side dish option that's ready to go for pretty much whichever meal you are planning on serving that night.
0: Yeah. And then they also do double duty. So if you get frozen cauliflower, you could throw that into a smoothie, for example. 100%. Yeah, that's great. So we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we're going to talk about online grocery shopping and whether that can help you save money. If you want mealtimes to be easier and less stressful, getting your kids in the kitchen is one of the best things you can do. I know that it's really encouraged my kids to eat their vegetables and try new foods, and it's given them a ton of confidence in the kitchen. But if you don't know how to cook or you don't like to cook, the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse is for you. This course was created by a mom of four and former elementary school teacher, and it's designed to build connection, confidence, and creativity in the kitchen. With Kids Cook Real Food, you'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping lists, and kid-friendly recipes like Tex-Mex white bean dip and homemade pizza. The course is designed for all kids ages 2 to teen and has three different skill levels. Your kids will learn how to crack eggs, cook rice, make a salad, and safely use knives, the oven, and appliances. If your kids have food allergies or dietary restrictions, no problem because the course has a ton of substitutions. My kids and I have taken the course and it was so easy to follow along that they made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken the course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. You can sign up by going to kidscookrealfood.com slash issues, and because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash issues and sign up. So Erin, talk to me about online grocery shopping, whether you're doing curbside or delivery. I no for myself um i just don't have the time and it's a lot quicker for me to pull together a list and put an order in and get uh you know i pick it up at the grocery store and it's just more time that i'm able to spend with my kids although the, there is that service fee um but i you know i'd love to hear what you think about that
1: right right back you hit bo- you hit both nails on the head <laughs> it's it's cost and convenience right so There's the service fee and that's saving you time. Um, There's the factor two of when I can plug the items into my, into my cart online, I'm not going to squirrel and like, oh, look at that new thing. I should try that. And you end up adding five things to your grocery cart that, you know, impulse shopping, right? So I do think that it has its advantages. Um, Is it a good way to save money when we're looking at every dollar counts? No. Um, So, so that's just like the math of it. Um, But of course, that goes back to the time argument. Well, I'm not spending 45 minutes going to the grocery store getting the things that I need. And so it comes down to if you don't have $5, at least that's the fee here. Well, let me back that up. Um, My grocery store where I live, I'm not going to name it, you can Google it and figure it out. Um, <laughs> I'm not a fan of their curbside or delivery because they have a base fee like your personal shopper fee and they add three percent to every single item that goes into your cart wow so that's a hard pass. yeah I have done it I'm I'm not like totally anti doing it if I'm in a pinch or if I just need to grab a couple things um sometimes you know being a food blogger sometimes I'm like oh I don't have that one thing I thought I had it I don't have it or I ran out or the kids ate it you know (laughs) happens all the time I'm like I'll have to go and grab like Three things or something like that. Maybe I'll do it for that. Um, I, but I really try not to do it for my like weekly shops because 3% of $150 weekly shop times four times, well, times t- 52, like, no, <laughs> that's, that's, that's too many dollars that I'm counting that, that could be going to other things and also could be using to counterbalance that inflation. So it really, I think the theme of our chat today is going to be the cost versus convenience factor. And so really making sure you understand your fees, whether it's an annual, you know, if it's like Walmart plus where you have like your annual fee, you know, is how, if you're using it enough to kind of wash out that annual fee, you know, if you're using it every single week, then that's like what a dollar or something like that a week. So maybe that's worth it. So really you just need to do an analysis of whatever your stores, you know, costs are involved with this. Um, And then also just your own behavior with shopping. And, you know, is it saving you enough time and saving you from enough impulse purchases to make it worth it?
0: Yeah, or even bringing your kids with you. You always walk out with so much more than you planned on. (laughs) Yes, Yes. (laughs) And so are there better retailers than others? We did talk about the membership membership clubs, but, you know, I find that I kind of love Target when it comes to groceries. um, And then there's no fee for them to bring it out to your car, which is amazing. Um, But are there certain retailers that you like other better than others?
1: I would say no. I mean, it's hard for me to answer that because everybody's grocery, you know, I have locally a Trader Joe's, my local store, I could buzz into a target. I could, you know, those would be probably my uh, Trader, Trader Joe's, Costco, local grocery store target. Like those would be the four options that I would have here for myself. And so I, it's hard to know. I your particular situation. I think the best advice that I could give is just do a little bit of research whether it's researching on which of those stores has the best curbside option. Maybe it's that, you know, on the regular, you go into Trader Joe's and you get these seven things because hundred percent, those seven things are cheaper at Trader Joe's because they probably are. And then you get the rest of your, the bulk of your, you know, food from either Costco or your local grocery store, whatever it may be. So I, I, I have, and I, I will advocate for shopping at multiple stores when it makes sense and when it will save you money and when it's convenient. Um, where I used to live in Ohio, there was an Aldi, Walmart, Kroger, and Cub Foods, which is now no longer. But those four stores literally side by side in the same strip mall, like a hundred percent. I'm in a multiple store shop at that, yeah, at that right. strip mall, right? Because I can go into, I can see the ads at Cub Foods and I can say, okay, here's the six things I'm going to get. Now you have to just get those six things, but overall just buzzing into this. And this was, you know, I had the time to do it. I wanted to do it because it was saving us a lot of money to do this this way. And so it can make sense to shop at multiple retailers, but you really have to do your research and you really have to be willing to kind of stick to your list and only get, you know, those seven favorites from Trader Joe's that you've done the price matching on. And you've seen that this is definitely it is definitely cheaper for me to dry, buy dried fruit at Trader Joe's, it's just cheaper. Yeah. So whatever those few things are, um, the orange chicken, the mandarin orange chicken, that's it's in the frozen food section at Trader Joe's. It's one better and two cheaper than at my local grocery store. So I personally have a handful of things that I get at Trader Joe's on the regular. And so I would encourage you to just take a minute and you know look at the things you're buying every single week and, like, okay, maybe I should switch to getting these things at Target and these things at Trader Joe's and these things at my regular grocery store.
0: Yeah, that is such a great point. And what about thinking outside of the grocery store? So the local butcher, the farmers' market? any uh, same 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 thing
1: researching um, of course, they're supporting your local farmers, supporting your local you know retailers if they're selling you know jellies and things like that. So just doing your research. And if you have a few favorite things that you want to get from those places, I think 100% go for it. But if you're going to your local farmer's market to buy all of your food, you're going to just be spending more money. Like that's just how it is. It's just the way that that local um, shopping kind of economy works, if you will. And so really taking a look at that. And then two, there's also the whole like, should you get, should you contact a local farmer to buy you know, a quarter or a side of beef? Or I know people will do that with pork. Um, some, some, uh, local farmers will also sell chickens. Like it depends on your particular where you are and and what options you have near you, but it's worth exploring and making a few phone calls to decide, you know, this is, this is something that we need to be, that we need to be doing. I'm going to go ahead and buy that side of beef this year, put it all into the deep freezer and then I'll have, you know, meat for the whole year.
0: Great. And so writing a grocery list or using a grocery shopping app for a list is, is so foundational and such an easy way to help you save money. Do you think that most people though, forget this step? Yes, everybody (laughs) does.
1: Or you write it on like the back of an envelope after you've opened the mail, you've written down like six things. And you remember that your kid hollered that they want this new kind of yogurt or whatever, you know? So I, I think that the most foundational Thing you can do for saving money apart from never paying full price on meat next on that list would be looking at the store ads and writing your meal plan and writing your shopping list before you go to the store so this is going to take anywhere from 10 to 30 minutes 30 minutes if you're kind of new at this and you kind of not sure what you're looking at and trying to piece it together but that 10 to 30 minutes can save you 10s 20s hundreds of dollars right there
0: Wow, that's amazing, and so are you a fan of meal planning and if so, what's the easiest way for us to go about this?
1: hundred percent huge fan of meal planning um it's a large not part of what I do personally each week but also through our you know social media and, and website and things and the easiest way to go about doing about it is really going to depend on your personality and your current family situation is there's not a real there's not like a do this, it's magically going to make it happen for everybody. Um, I think if anything, the first thing to do is just mentally decide, I just have to do this. I think so many people don't want a meal plan because they don't know how, or they don't want to, or they don't feel like it, or they know that they get to Wednesday and they decide they don't want to make that meal. And so they don't, and then they throw the food away and then they're mad at themselves and they're guilty. Like there's this whole like flood of, emotions and thoughts that come when it comes to meal planning. But I think if you can just say, you know what, I'm going to meal plan this week and we're going to give it a go. And then, okay, do I plan three days? Do I plan five days? Do I plan a full week? Do I write down when I'm going out to eat? Um, Which I would recommend doing that um, just for budgetary purposes. So really it's, you kind of have to, I'm a week long meal planner. My sister plans three days at a time. So that's just a personality thing. There's mm-hmm. nothing that I can say or do that's gonna that's gonna have her switch to seven days meal planning. It's just not gonna happen. I, on the other hand, have been a seven day meal planner for a very long time. I've gone through phases where I've done like a month at a time where it's partly because I have a lot of things in the freezer and partly because you know I can just easily plan to fill in the rest with whatever's on sale that particular week um. So if you want to plan kind of paycheck to paycheck every two weeks, totally agree. Like it really kind of depends on your situation. But I think ultimately it's, you know what, I just, I need to fight this rising food cost. And one of the easiest ways to do it besides buying me only when it's on sale is to plan what we're going to have this week. And I'm going to save 30 bucks. You can quote me on this. You go do it next week. I'm going to save 30 bucks. Aaron said, I'm going to save 30 bucks if I play my meals and then come, come email me and tell me what happened. All right. Yeah, I that's think great. That's, I think that's the challenge It's just like, I'm just going to do it. it. Doesn't matter how you do it. It doesn't matter if you do three, four, seven, whatever, just set out to do it and see what happens in your pocketbook.
0: That's really reassuring because I think when people hear meal planning, they feel overwhelmed and like it's Mm -hmm. unattainable. But if you break it down in easy ways, like you're talking about, I think that's really great. And, and also another kind of side benefit that I've found from meal planning is we have a a chalkboard in our kitchen and I'll write down the meals for that week. So my girls know what we're eating. And I, and I feel like it kind of helps, um, with them because then they don't push back and say, what's for dinner? Oh, I don't like it. Right. <laughs> so they know what we're going to eat. They, they, they they know what to expect.
1: Absolutely. I'm a big fan of that as well. It cuts down on the mom what's for dinner <laughs> and the like, I don't want to have that. Like they can decide in advance that if they're going to have a snooty attitude about dinner, they're going to need to keep that attitude to themselves, have a few bites, and we're all moving along without a big old comp. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. And so you talked about sales, and I read that Wednesday is the day to uh, to save money. Is that really true? That is only true at,
1: as far as I'm aware, the Sprouts store. Uh, that's not a national store. It's regional, I think, in the, in the West Coast, uh, Southwest, and we do have it here in Texas. They have what's called double dip Wednesday. So they have on Wednesday, they have last week's sale items and the next week's sale items all on sale. So they have like a day to cycle out their sales essentially. So that store, yes, Wednesday would be the best day to save money. As far as other stores go, it's not going to matter. It's just their published sales. If they're Sunday to Saturday, some are Monday to Sunday, some are Wednesday to Tuesday. It doesn't matter. But it's the, the only retail that I'm aware of, there might be new ones or they might have changed policies, that has kind of that double dip day is the Sprouts retailer on Wednesday.
0: Great. And so there's also cashback apps, discount apps. Do you have your favorites?
1: There are a number of really great ones. There's some, um, I'll speak to some that have, um, I'm not affiliated with any of these. So hard for me to say a, fa- <laughs> a favorite, but um there are several that you can look at the ads in advance. So the flip app, you can look at the ads, not just for grocery, but all retailers They you can like quickly see like, okay, so if you're, do, maybe you're meal planning off your phone, you can look and see what is on sale using that app. Um, there are a number of other ones that have the option to give you cash back where they, you know, either scan your receipt or you have it linked to your card somehow. Um, there' several, there's several different ways they do it now. Um, They also have these for gas now. Um, So it's really like, it goes back to the time though. Like if you want to save more money on groceries at other retailers, on gas, like you're gonna have to spend a couple of minutes working within these apps. They're easy to use. I've, I've worked in all of them. They're easy to use. And I think that's a big hurdle for people. It's like, well, is it really worth me saving $4 a week if I'm not sure how to even work this app? Uh-huh yes it is um, because again four dollars a week on gas maybe and four dollars a week on groceries is eight times fifty two we have four hundred dollars right so we when we when we think longer term with these small micro amounts of money it really does add up and so if you're getting if you're doing the gas just do it real quick before you leave the gas station if you're doing the grocery store do it real quick on your app before you even go leave the grocery store parking lot like just do it right there in the moment so that you don't forget and you get you can take full advantage of these, you know, these discount or cashback options.
0: Yeah. I use an app called Fetch Rewards and all mm-hmm. it requires of you is just to snap a picture of your receipt and then you get, yep. you accrue rewards and then you can either donate them or you can get a gift card to your favorite store.
1: Yeah. Love it. See, anything like that, it really, I'm telling you, <laughs> it all adds up every dollar count.
0: Yeah. And Erin, I'd love to hear what you, what your favorite recipes are,
1: oh, my gosh. That's like the hardest thing to ask the people, <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, we love like shredded, like pulled pork or like shredded beef with some, you know, all kinds of different sauces. Um, shredded like chicken tacos. If I personally had to pick a favorite meal, it would be some sort of a chicken taco. I don't. Yeah. Either a street taco with corn tortillas or like a burrito style loaded in with, you know, pico de gallo and guacamole and whatever. I give me a taco and I'm good.
0: Yeah, that's (laughs) great. And I love that for kids because then they can just make choices and it's a good way to foster healthy eating. So Erin, thank you so much for your time today. This is a wealth of information. Where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work?
1: Yeah, the best place uh, it's going to be $5 dinners.com. So it's the number, the numeral $5 dinners.com right there on the homepage. It has all kinds of information about all the goodies that we have available, our recipe index, different meal plan options that we have for you. Um, and we're just really here to help you spend less money on groceries and help keep your time in the kitchen efficient and productive so that you can continue to feed your family because you know, they just want to eat like every day. I don't know why they do that, but (laughs) they do. Yeah. So I just really want to help. Um, you know, I, I know it's a struggle. There are certain weeks where I'm just like, Oh my gosh, again, I feel it too. So I, I hope that the resources that we have are going to help you with saving money as well as, um, just managing your time and being productive in the kitchen.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Erin. You're welcome. Thanks for having me on. I hope you love that episode with Erin Chase and definitely go to her website, $5dinners.com to get her recipes, meal plans, classes, and so much more. If you're enjoying food issues, please head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review so we can reach more people. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode and I'll see you next week.